Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael, welcome. Football to talk about. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm digging the Maroon 5. And just for the record, when I get my wife something, I, I am super in advance, and then I just hide it somewhere. And the only thing I have to do is put it in my notes so I remember where I hit it. Okay. Hmm. Well, you're a planner, though. That didn't surprise me at all. You're very organized. Uh, Michael, we just got the line on the Arkansas-Western Carolina game. Wes, would you like to guess? I'd guess 35. And uh, Coach Kelly, would you like to guess? This gonna, is an Oaklawn. I'm going to guess 31. It is 34.5. 34.5. The hmm. over-under is 57.5 at Oaklawn. Hmm. What did I say last yesterday? I wanted to see 42-10. West Carolina Carolina has 15 returning starters. They Mm. actually think their offense is going to be decent this year. They were really good last year. Really good. Number seven in the FCS last year. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't put up a lot of points. They seemed to be like Arkansas. Moved it between the 20s, yeah. but had a little trouble in the red zone. Well, I'm guessing Kerwin Bell didn't rely on the tight end sneak a lot. But, you know, that was an <laughs> Arkansas move on occasion. Wow, um, good jab. They look. They struggled. It was a frustrating year. Michael, that's an area Arkansas certainly needs to get better at. Um, K.J. Jefferson could potentially rewrite the record book with a good year. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously Rocket and all those things. So we were talking about one of the over-unders on him is rushing yards, over-under 600, which is about what he had last year. I think we're all – Hopeful for his sake and the team's sake that he can go under that and they can uh, throw for some more yardage and hopefully Rocket has another big year. Uh, absolutely. I was about to say the same thing. I love the fact that he can run for 600, but, man, I I really would like for him to be closer to that 400 number and most of those be touchdowns and sneaks and just little things. Not And then every now and then he breaks one, not something where he has to run. I totally agree with you guys on that one. Okay. Um, 34 and a half. What do you think? You like Arkansas to get it done? I don't know how much you know about Western Carolina. I'm guessing that's uh, not one of your highest priority covers. Not high priority, but my uncle went to went to school there in Culver and so I got a couple friends that actually played there uh, back when I was like when we all came out of high school together. Um, yeah, I think that this is a matter of mentality, and I think that this is an Arkansas team that's pretty focused. So I think they can cover the number. Uh, to me, I'm very curious to see what. I, here's the thing: I think they cover. I wonder what the over-under looks like because and you, I know you said it. I'm saying, does that mean that they have some, some dumb mistakes and they still cover at a higher number? That's the part that's more interesting to me because if that defense comes up focused and then we're looking at just a, you know, a set of three like we saw with Notre Dame and Navy, that looks way different than when you're looking at like a 17 or in USC's case a 28, <laughs> even though they scored 56. Yeah, I want to see like 49-14 or something like that or 52-14 yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> all right, we were talking about quarterback play, and I gave Coach the task to watch the games this week and then run through a list of QBs that he likes around the country. It is a very, right. I will say soft, let's call it that way, uh, quarterback class in the SEC. you got KJ and you got Daniels at uh, LSU, and then you know Spencer Rattler obviously has shown some flashes in his career. But naturally, you know, we were talking about the FSU-LSU game. I mean, that's a premier quarterback matchup in addition to two teams with – Playoff aspirations. Nationally, I think uh, overall pretty good class, don't you think? I mean, there's quite a few guys who will be under center in the next couple of years on playing on Sunday. Yeah, I do. I think, obviously, Caleb Williams is, is the, the high watermark for, for most people. Drake May is another one of those guys that people are excited about. Uh, Jaden Daniels is someone that people are hyped about. Um, and then, of course, your own K.J. Jefferson. I think he belongs in the conversation as well. We're also going to learn a lot. Alabama, no depth chart right now, so that means no starting quarterback, which means we're going to see what that looks like. Ohio State goes with McCord. We're going to see what that looks like. I, 
I don't understand the hype around Graham Mertz at Florida, um, unless he's a completely different player than he was at Wisconsin. Because I've seen, I've, I've taken the Graham Mertz experience. I've seen that ride, and it's it is as up and down as it gets. I think the other one for me that is interesting is Spencer Rattler and how he bounces back. Joe Milton in the SEC is another name that people think might kind of quote unquote come out of nowhere and be a national player. Uh, Quinn Ewers too um, mm-hmm. at Texas. That's another name that folks are. Pretty excited about. It. We know he was one of the highest rated recruits of all time. Yada 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 yada. Bo Nick at Oregon and Michael Penix, two guys that they really kind of proved that if you can get a clean slate, like these are the poster childs for uh, a guy needs a clean slate and then he can go out there and perform. And by the way, I, I can't believe I left this guy. We already got a chance to watch him, and I think he's already uh, working to kind of change a little bit of what uh, Notre Dame does. And that's Sam Hartman. Mm. I loved him at Wake Forest. Jeez. His ability to push. They threw the ball. Over 15, over 20 yards, they threw the ball six times. They never do. And they threw it to wide receivers. That's something they never did. Remember, Michael Mayer was their leading receiver uh, the last few seasons. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes itself out. Yeah, he was impressive. That kind of changed my whole thought process. And, again, I don't know if Navy's any good or not, but he was so efficient. Sure. I mean, Michael, almost throwing on air, those would have been good numbers. Well, here's, yeah, but here's this is the thing that I love. And, and listen, we can always go with that caveat, well, it's Navy, well, it's Navy. Uh Michigan, if Michigan played maybe in that same game, they're not throwing the ball down the field. They're going to, they're just going to run and run and run and run and run. And that's the part for me, especially in these first four games with Michigan. How do we know if JJ McCarthy is any good, specifically playoff good? If in these first four games for Michigan, all we see him do is hand the ball off and throw the ball to tight ends. That's something that for me just kind of stands out when it comes to like quarterback evaluations is I don't like there, there, there's, Two things I don't care about, which is I don't care about what your screen pass uh, completion looks like, and I also don't care about what you do when it's garbage time. And then the third thing for me is the thing I do care about the most is what your coach lets you do. And that speaks volumes. And when they play ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers, I want to see what they let them do because you don't get better at things unless you work at them in real games. How will they get better at throwing the ball to challenge a defense like Georgia, like LSU, like Alabama, like Ohio State? Like, 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 or they, they are Michigan. So how would they get better at challenging those defenses if they don't push the ball vertically down the field in in games that we they know that they could just run it every play in the Teams with high aspirations, uh, there's a lot of them actually that have new quarterbacks. You mentioned one that's a high profile transfer, but you've got, uh, you know, again, new new era at Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson's another one. Michael, they got a yep. guy who's played a lot of football but hasn't started much, just one game, I think. Um, yep. Of of the newbies, is there a guy that you you think stands out, or a guy you like maybe to carry his team? I, it's hard not to pick Kate Klubnik uh, just from the small, tiny sample size. But remember, with that same tiny sample size, we also thought DJ Uyunglele was yeah. going to have, have a big year. Oh, by the way, DJ Uyunglele is at an Oregon State team that I think is going to be remarkably explosive. So there's a lot to like uh, when it comes to this quarterback group, this group of guys that are going out there to play. <clears throat> Kate Klubnik, um, the, the, the answer for me, and this is something that nobody's talking about, they spend so much time talking about Kate, so much time praising that Clemson defense. Where are their wide receivers? I think that really puts a cap on how good he can be. They do not have a Sammy Watkins. They do not have a Mike Williams. They do not even have an Amari Rogers. They don't have uh, an Adam Humphrey. They don't have those dudes that they used to have. They used to have T. Higgins was a 1,000-yard receiver this past year in the NFL. I don't think they have a single guy that's the first two-day pick right now. And we're going to see what that looks like without all those pieces that we're used to. I mean, this is a team that's – What's his name? Um, uh, New Hopkins. Like they, they, they had dudes at wide receiver, and now it seems like they've kind of taken a step back. They've missed on some guys. They're quality players, but they're not 
high-quality players. And there's a huge gap between a quality player, which to me, that's a first-rounder, that's an early-day-two guy, and then a, qual- a quality player that's just, uh, he's a guy. He's a guy that you can run out there. He is a D1 player. But he's not a D1 difference maker, I guess is a better way to say it. Gotcha. Talking to Michael Felder on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. I haven't really specifically asked about Jordan Travis. I was really impressed with the way yeah. he plays. I like how he, he goes about his business uh, at Florida State. W- what do you think of him specifically, and then how do you like that matchup, or what do you see playing out with those two? I'm super excited for the matchup because somebody's going to make a – they're going to take a big step forward, a bigger step than anybody else in the country could take, could take forward in week one. Yep. And they're the, they're the night cap and the only game. I love Jordan Travis. Some folks will say Drake May, best quarterback in the ACC, like on paper, best NFL draft prospect. They would say K. Clubbing looks like he could be the future of the ACC. A lot of folks like Riley Leonard at Duke as well. Uh, but for me, Jordan Travis is kind of the total package, especially because of what he's surrounded with. I know his team's going to play some pretty good defense. I know that they're going to go out there and they've got weapons on the edge. We just talked about it with um, with, with K. Clubbing. They've got guys that are going to be Duke. Um, they, they've got a running back room that has some absolute hosses back there. So this is going to be really fun. And then on the flip side of this, I'm actually writing this up for the newsletter for tomorrow. But watching, I went back and watched a lot of Jaden Davis. And the coolest thing to me about him is not the running. It's the fact that LSU, and this is a testament to the coaching and to the player, but LSU, they run five-man routes. Now, Coach, you want to take this or you want me to go ahead and do it? But, like, most teams can't run five-man routes. Most teams can't even run more than half-field reads. And this is a guy that can go all the way across the field and then come back to someone who should have been open to start, gets back, comes back to him, and then he comes open late, and he can hit that guy. And I think that's a testament to, one, the offensive line, two, their running back room being able to, not guys like Emory being able to chip and then get out. And instead of having to match protect, and a quarterback that knows when to get rid of the football. And I agree. If you've got a running back that can do that, that can chip and get out, and, and is able to do both well. Like, some yeah. guys cheat on the chip, get out too quick, don't really help, their tackle's expecting it, and next thing you know, the quarterback's in trouble. But if you can do it, and that guy can get out, it causes your linebackers not to be able to drop in, in deeper zones and help out with that intermediate pass, and it causes them to have to come up. And, and uh, if you can do that, and again, like you said, the offensive line's key, because it takes a little bit of time to have five guys in the route. What's the best game after that Florida State LSU game this weekend? Man, that, see, that's a tough question because there's games that I like that I'm sure other people do not give a hoot about. And then there's other, like, I think on paper, realistically, I think we have to slide in the, the, the Colorado and TCU game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we're going to learn a lot about TCU because we're going to find out how do, they, how do you replace these guys. Two, we're going to find out if Deion can coach. And I know he's surrounded himself with some really good coaches, but we're going to find out when he's operating from a talent deficit, what this looks like. But is he operating from a talent deficit with all the transfers? But also, with TCU losing eight guys to the NFL, that's not normal in Fort Worth. So we'll see if they can rebound. I'll go here in Charlotte, man, the Dukes-Mayo kickoff classic. Um, UNC versus South Carolina. And realistically, this is a game where I think South Carolina's got an opportunity to pull off. It's not a huge upset. They're only a two-and-a-half-point dog. But I, I think they got an opportunity to make a statement that, hey, we're not just going to give this thing to Georgia and the East, and it starts by beating you know, their cross-state rival and, Spencer Rattler coming out and bouncing back. I thought he played really well in the back half of the season last year. Got off to a slow start, but then he figured things out. So I think South Carolina, Spencer Rattler versus Drake May, the, which schools the real Carolina is kind of the campaign that they're running on. So 
it's going to be real interesting to see what how this shakes itself out. And look at look what South Carolina did to finish the season last year. I mean, they exactly. finished with wins over we won't count Vanderbilt, but Tennessee they beat them sixty three thirty eight. Clemson they beat Clemson thirty one to thirty, and then they lost to Notre Dame, a pretty good Notre Dame team uh, yep. in the bowl game forty five thirty eight. So I think they come in kind of feeling good about mm-hmm. themselves in the year and with Spencer Rattlerack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so talk me into a game, Michael. You said you got a game we haven't been liking. Tell me a game I like that I should like. Okay, I am very well, one the Middle Tennessee and Alabama game because I just want to see how he handles this quarterback situation. So that's going to be on like screen three, just monitoring what this quarterback situation looks like. I'm sure everybody in the SEC is going to be monitoring because if, if there's a weakness for Alabama, everybody wants to write it down for sure. But the other one for me, West Virginia and Penn State. And this is a double win for me, and it's all around that same time. It's on NBC. Uh, the big thing for me though. Penn State's number seven in the country. We spent so much time talking about what Ohio State was going to do at the quarterback spot. We already talked about Michigan and Harbaugh serving that suspension and, and what does that look like and what is he going to let J.J. McCarthy do. But we don't spend any time talking about Penn State. We don't spend any time talking about a team that's number seven in the country that has a very clear self-controlled path to get to the playoff. And they open with West Virginia in, in Beaver Stadium. West Virginia is not very good. Uh, the other flip side of that coin, West Virginia, they might have, they may have a vacancy on their hands. If, if, if the and it's not, listen, it's not. I never hope coaches fire. But when you look at what they've got to do early, where they go to Penn State, they host Pitt, a Pitt team that a lot of folks think are going to be sneaky good. Then they have to play TT, uh, Texas Tech, a team that a lot of folks think could be a top, a fringe top twenty-five team, and then they play TCU. This is a rough role for Nick. This is a, this is rough for, for Neil Brown, and they just haven't been able to be consistent and get things going early. So I'm going to have kind of eyes glued on that yeah. one, probably the second period, just because I want I want like I want Neil Brown to be successful. I really liked him uh, going in. I thought he was a good fit for that job, but now man, they are they got a tough road. Oh, by the way, Florida Utah that that was a no. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that game tomorrow. Um, I will say this: I have personal interest in NC State at UConn, not because I hate NC State. I don't. I like them, and I think that. They've got a good coach in Dave Dorn, but one of my teammates from New England State, he was the strength and conditioning coach at Johnson C. Smith, which is an HBCU here in Charlotte. And then he got he got he's the, the he's the lead assistant strength coach at UConn. So I'm listen, I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Huskies all the way just to see my buddy his hard work pay off. He posted on Instagram all the time, and I see that he's got these guys working at a level that that's where they need to be to compete. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Michael, thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. You guys take it easy.